0: I'm Jake Swanson.
1: And I'm Caitlin Swanson.
0: And we're two siblings who decided to make a podcast because the apocalypse is happening right now. And we don't have anything yeah, better to do. We're in
1: quarantine. There's no other things.
0: Indeed. Um, so this is a nameless podcast currently that we have decided to start uh, because. Naming is hard, and we cannot think of a good one. <laughs> but hopefully by the time that we actually start posting these up, it will in fact have a name that you can search for and send to all of your friends.
1: And, uh, yeah, no, we could send to our friends.
0: That, will, that would be ideal. Uh, good starting point for sure. Um, so, Caitlin, what is this show about?
1: It's going to be about a lot of things, but mainly... It is about surviving and thriving in your service industry job because Mm. that's what we know how to do.
0: Mm, I like it. And um, who would you say this podcast is even for?
1: I think it's generally for anyone who has a job in any field, but we are particularly going to be talking about the service and hospitality industries. And so kind of focusing on the people who work in those fields currently.
0: Mm -hmm. I like this. I like this. And um, say, one of those people were listening to this. Like, what are they going to even get out of it?
1: The goal right now, and this may change, but is to have at least one actionable item that you as a listener in your service or hospitality industry job can take away after each episode and use it to improve either your interpersonal or technical skills as they relate to the workforce
0: nice so kind of like a pin in your personal development exactly love it personal
1: development is such a manager thing to say (laughs) (laughs) it is
0: like that is a a district manager
1: vp of operations thing to say (laughs)
0: it is absolutely. But you know, that's, that's the verbiage that I know.
1: Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that is actually Jake's job. So
0: yeah, uh, we're
1: just, we're right on brand here.
0: (laughs) I, I mean, that's a, that's a really good segue into another good question. And that is why are we even qualified to hit on these topics to give people advice or actionable things um, related to their job or even if it's not in the service industry but particularly if it's in the service industry so tell me your background
1: so i started working in the service industry at 16 my very first job was in a restaurant i was a hostess for three years um, and oh my gosh, if you work at a restaurant and you haven't been a hostess, you don't even know how horrible it can be. Um, but yeah, I started that when I was 16. I've worked in four restaurants since then, uh, as well as three retail jobs, two like quote unquote desk jobs that didn't last very long. Um, and then I spent 10 years working at Starbucks. Combined with all of that, I have 11 years management experience. And I've worked with with and for lots of different people, different personality types, different management styles, and of course, dealt with a lot of customers in their um, shining and not so shining moments. <laughs> currently, though, currently I'm unemployed due to uh, the pandemic because I most recently was working managing a restaurant and... Restaurants are struggling really hard right now, and the group that I work for needed had to let go basically all of the staff so I've got lots of time to uh pour into this and think back my over my many many years working in these industries
0: nice yeah, that's um a very long time, and it's kind of crazy uh that you've been in restaurants that long, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's a very long time. And I worked that first job for six years, which is kind of dumb when you're 16 to <laughs> stay with a company for that long. I did like, I did a solid three years and then picked up uh, working at Starbucks and kept working in that restaurant for another three years.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's actually been a, realize that i did not remember that at all
1: yeah it wasn't a solid three years but it was i never really was not employed by them for those years i would just have stints of like not working there and i went and worked at charleston's and then i worked or i worked in the tea room first and then i worked at Charleston's all while still like working at starbucks I also had one of my retail jobs during that time, too, while also still working at Starbucks. So there's a lot of um, jobs happening for me mm-hmm. right before, like from 16 to 22.
0: Right, right. And it's it's really interesting, like you've done a few office jobs, but you've been drawn back to restaurants. What is it about restaurants specifically that you think kind of keeps you coming back?
1: Uh, It's a really comfortable environment for me. Mm -hmm. And I think because it was my first job, so that kind of formed my relationship with the workforce and what I thought of it. And so it's always been something that I always have in my back pocket where I can like leave any other job and know can easily go get a job in a restaurant because of the experience I have which is what happened to get me into my last restaurant position where I was managing I had been working at a retail store managing and then the store ended up closing and I needed a job like yesterday and I knew I could easily get one in a restaurant so that's what I did um and I do really enjoy the people that work in restaurants. For the most part, they're—it's a really diverse group, um, and you can learn a lot from them. And it's just something, just something that I'm always—I've always done. And and a couple of desk jobs I've had, I just really, really did not like being confined to one space and limited to like maybe three or four other people around me. Mm-hmm. The, with a with restaurant, you have thirty plus people there, depending on the restaurant, all the time. But yeah, so it's just a, a a much more comfortable environment for me.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, so I also was got my start in restaurants at at sixteen um, at McAllister's Deli. Um, I had actually mm. tried. To get a job at Starbucks, and it was back in two thousand eight, I believe it was when they had their hiring freeze, and so I was not able to get a job at Starbucks. So, um, McAllister's was kind of the first one that I was able to to pick up, and it was terrible. Um, I not (laughs) enjoy that, Um, and I they don't. I mean, they don't have hosts. It's kind of quick service, so um, I was just like front. of house, I guess was my position. So I would work the register or run food. Um, so I don't have that experience of being a host. I guess I don't know how terrible it can be. Um, but I did not like it. And it, three months later, hiring freeze at Starbucks was done, got a job there, um, and stayed there. So I was um, in till I was 18 and able to be promoted. I was just, you know, a lowly barista, then made the jump <laughs> to supervisor. Um, fortunately within the same store that i had um, been working at, I was able to promote within store, which was cool. Um, and then was a store manager when I was 21. Um, I have the math on that throws me off cause I would have been 22 shortly after I got that position, I believe. Um, if that lines up, and then did management for just over two years. Um, You know, within this time, though, from being supervisor, I was assistant manager, bounced around to multiple locations. Um, Then I was, I got to a point where I wasn't really thinking I wanted to continue, like, past the manager level. Um, so I was, I was thinking through like, you know, where else could I apply looking at like potentially desk jobs, um, trying to move away from the food industry, um, and wasn't really coming up with anything that I, that like really sparked my interest at all. Everything sounded horribly boring. Um, and so I already had in the back of my mind, like. I should, I like, I'm looking for jobs, that kind of deal. And then I just got a call from somebody who had a position at a startup, um, also a coffee company, looking for somebody to manage operations and basically just have knowledge of the coffee industry and what it's like to actually run a store. Um, so I, Told him yeah, like, I'll, I'll hear you out and see what's going on with this job offer. And um, I thought it sounded super awesome. So left Starbucks and uh, went went there, have been there for over three years now, which is wild. Wow. Um, was there for a full year before we even had a actual location, which is weird. So I've done like my job is a weird mix of an office job and an in-store management job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, like you are saying, like being confined to just like a couple of people around you is not for me. Um, it, it is really nice that I get to be in the stores, actually working alongside the people who are like making it happen. Um, And, I mean, getting to see, like, the fruits of my efforts with operations management and development and seeing, like, systems put in place and then how they're actually interacting with those systems so that I can improve them um, is really, really cool and beneficial. But, I mean, it also, like, gets me out of that, like, weird, um, almost, like, stale feeling of being in an office. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's pretty cool. Anytime we open a location, I get to be in the store for like six months as kind of the acting manager while we're kind of training up people. Um, And so my, my focus is heavily heavily on like making sure they have the service and hospitality down and then moving more into like, okay, now they have to have the operations down before I can leave because they have to be set up for success. Um, And then, you know, continually checking back in with them. So um, anyway, all in all, uh, about 12 years, I've been in the hospitality slash service industry, specifically in food service. Um, Yeah. It's
1: a long time. We're old. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yet so young.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's weird to say, oh, I, I worked that job for 10 years. I have eleven years experience doing this, and like I'm not adult enough,
0: right, for that.
1: <laughs> um, but I think this like segues to a good point of we're kind of using hospitality and service interchangeably, and they're not technically the same, mm. but they are. The industries are very closely aligned with one another. So I have looked up some definitions just to kind of get everybody. Uh, on the same page i almost said calibrated and then i was like "Ooh, let's flashbacks get, get to district managers in. yeah 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 no 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 let's do, we're gonna uh, do a I deep catch- dive here yeah oh man cards face up here guys um oh let us know what other weird um manager sayings that you can think of because these are just Amazing and terrible at the same time. Yes, I I definitely find myself. There was a time not too long ago. I mean, in the last month, when I was at my restaurant job, and you know, for anyone who works in a restaurant, you know that we have um, pre-shift meetings. So we gather the front of house staff before we start a lunch or an evening shift, and we go over the you know notes that we have to go over for that day or week or whatever. And I there was a question that I was supposed to ask them and I started I started to ask it the way it was written and I stopped in the middle of it. And I was like, that is the most manager-like sounding thing I've ever said. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. And I don't even remember what I was talking about, but it was such an odd moment that I was like, I hate it when managers talk like this. I am not going to say that because it's one of those questions that was almost rhetorical mm-hmm. and it is phrased in such a way that people feel stupid answering but like they're supposed to answer right anyway i hate them and that's my little tangent on that um back to what the hospitality and service industries are so by definition and by the way this is from a quick google search um and a wikipedia answer so don't come at me uh hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests visitors or strangers is relating to or denoting the business of housing or entertaining visitors the hospitality industry is a broad category of fields within the service industry that includes lodging food and drink service event planning theme parks transportation cruise lines, traveling airline and additional fields within tourism so that's something to digest there so hospitality exists inside the service industry and service as a noun is the act of helping or doing work for someone and as an industry it's defined as uh, well the food service industry is food service or catering catering industry defines those businesses institutions and companies responsible for any meal prepared outside the home so that's you know, any restaurant, school, cafeteria, catering operations, etc. cetera. Uh, in a more broad sense, the service industry is a business that does work for a customer and occasionally provides goods, but is not involved in manufacturing. And then this one is a little bit long, so bear with me, but I really liked this definition of the service industry that I got from the Encyclopedia Britannica, and it says the service industry, an industry in that part of the economy that creates services rather than tangible objects. Economists divide all economy activity into two broad categories, goods and services. Goods producing, goods producing industries are agriculture, mining, manufacturing, and construction. Each of them creates some kind of tangible object. Service industries include everything else, banking, communications, wholesale and retail trade, all professional services such as engineering, computer software development and medicine, nonprofit economic activity, all consumer services and all government services, including defense and administration of justice. A services dominated economy is characteristic of developed countries. In less developed countries, most people are employed in primary activities such as agriculture, and mining, and that's a lot of information. But I really liked that definition, so I wanted to share it because it made me think about the service industry in a much more broad sense than I ever had. I always related it to food service and restaurants, always. And that's not all that it is. So if you're someone who does not work in the food service, don't think that you cannot benefit from what we're gonna talk about. You definitely can. We just are pulling primarily from our experiences within the food service industry.
0: Right. For sure. Um, And the like, even, even more simply the difference in hospitality and service, like it's not, it's not something that people really think about. Like anytime, anytime I'm training somebody, i go into the definition and separate the those two things because this isn't something that's just like obvious um like you you can recall when you had a good or when you received hospitality from a business um and it's because it's all about the way that they made you feel. Um, it's about the way that mm-hmm. they connected with you. It's about the way that you were able to connect with them. And it's a, it, it, it like completely goes around their products. It completely goes around what their service actually is. And it just gets to the people. Um, and that is what is really cool about that and really eye opening to people is like these are not even the same thing like service like is all of the other stuff within the business it's like how did they get that product in your hands physically right?
1: yeah it's the technical exactly aspect.
0: exactly um like a conveyor belt can accomplish the same thing in terms of service that a person can but hospitality Like a conveyor belt can't make you feel good about like the day you're having, like, (laughs) like you're not going to interact with the conveyor belt and then have a better day because of it. Uh, but you can with a person who has, or who exudes hospitality, basically who welcomes you. And I really like, uh, so, I mean, it's guests, visitors, or strangers. And I love strangers as, as the term, because really most customers are strangers to you. But, it, I mean, yeah. if you're able to, like, basically greet them and treat them as if they are an old friend, then, like, that's what it's all about. And that's what makes it a lot of fun, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I just think that's a – it's a really cool separation. That's um, It's not recognized by customers especially, but um, people in – that industry and actually working, uh, they're they're just not thinking that way,
1: right? And it is hard to get them yes. to.
0: It absolutely <laughs> is, um, especially on, on like a decision making level where it's like, uh, I, I love like standards and the rules and the way that things were structured and why they were structured that way. And like, let's follow the structure. Uh, But at the same time, I'm a huge fan of like scrapping that structure in the moment for the sake of making somebody super happy. And that's, it's so difficult to get to like train somebody to think that way and, and understand that like we can, observe what's happening and make a snap decision to scrap everything you've been taught and just make sure this person leaves happy. Uh, And it's not, it's not for the sake of, I think this is the mistake people make so much is it's not for the sake of the company that you're working for. It's not for the sake of the business or the amount of money it's, I want that person to like, in their own life to have a good experience right now yeah and that's where like it's so so difficult to train somebody to do that (laughs) because they
1: really have to care it also yeah and it it also relates back to the financials of the business and people i have found a lot of time people that struggle with this concept and struggle to make the hospitable choice in the moment um, over doing the technical part of the job that is being asked of them because of whatever rules are in place. They they think that they're saying no to the customer on behalf of the Mm -hmm. business, when in reality, the negative experience that they're giving that guest is costing the business so much more than if they had just given in in that one moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't remember what the um, magnification is, but, you know, it's like you, a person will tell five people about a negative experience and they will tell maybe like one person about a positive experience Mm -hmm. that they had, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you just don't think about that and how you're actually really not only negatively impacting like that person's day, but the business long term.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I I mean, a big a big reason for that, I think, is there aren't many companies who are good at like making that part of their culture. And really setting this expectation up front with their people and empowering them to say, like, we, we care more about these people and our customers and make sure they have a good experience than we do about, like, the dollar, basically. Or yeah, exactly. Line. Because yeah. like you said, it all <clears throat> flows back to that bottom line and you're going to end up making more money if you have happy customers, no matter how you got those happy customers. Um, but there isn't like, I I don't think I've ever seen just like a direct training module. That's like, we want you to do this because we, we like, we're about people, you know um, it's not, I don't know how to describe it. It's like this, it's very strange disconnect. Like even, even when the company like so desperately wants that to be what their people do, it's just like missing from like the way that they teach. Yeah. It's so strange. And I don't know. have you, I mean, have you, have you seen that kind of in, in the restaurants you've worked in?
1: I only remember this type of thinking being present in <clears throat> one of the restaurant groups that I worked for. And it was talked about in training, but it wasn't always an overarching theme. And I I think that the rationale behind that is that they are aiming to hire people who have this innate sense of hospitality Mm -hmm. and trying to have those people influence all the other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. because it is more of a feeling and a way of being than something that you can really lay out in a training manual and teach someone like technically. So most training focuses on the technical part of the job and it seems like the companies who are doing it that way but saying that they're putting an emphasis on the hospitality part like are just kind of banking on their better employees to like spread that around
0: yeah yeah that totally makes sense
1: but I think a, a piece of that that is missing is understanding that while someone may have an innate sense of hospitality they may not be equipped with the tools they need to explain that to another person and lead that way and teach other people to be that way
0: yeah yeah definitely um there's a really really good book by um Danny Meyer the restaurateur uh, from New York um and it's called setting the table And he has, uh, this section where he talks about, this is like, uh, the, the main thing that stuck with me from this book was he was talking about how he for a long time was trying to lead by example and get his team to like, basically be on his level with hospitality. Um, and he realized that you can't do that. You actually have to open your mouth and tell people what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think that's where, like you said, like the company can have this focus on it and say like, yeah, like we're looking for people with this innate ability, but the, the, those people, even if they you do end up finding them, they're um i don't want to say they're few and far between because i feel like there are a lot of people like this but the the part that's missing is they can't make other people be like them without there also being Mm -hmm. some sort of training there you have to actually explain to somebody like hey did you see that interaction and how i did xyz like do you do you get why I did that? Um, and really getting into that, which is in itself a difficult conversation to have. Cause you don't want to like seem like you're being condescending to somebody else. Um, right. or, or seem like you're, um, like patting yourself on the back, you know? Um, but it is like, it's,
1: yeah. It, do you <laughs> right? see what I did there?
0: So, and, and because of that, people, people aren't going to just open up and, tell somebody else how to be more hospitable unless they're in a position of management or a position of training where they can like comfortably come up to that person. And that person hopefully is just automatically able to like receive whatever it is that they're saying to them and kind of connect those dots and see like, Oh, like I, I totally get why you would have, done this in a certain way, even though you've told us not to do it multiple times,
1: you know? Is yeah, yeah. Um, that oh, frustrating? Yeah,
0: it's it's like you, and, th- and those are the ones you have to be so, so careful to make sure that you double back and be like, hey, I don't know if you guys noticed, like, I know I didn't do this to, to standard or whatever. Um, and here's the reason why, like, here's what the situation was. And then hopefully through explaining it they kind of start to pick up on that. But it does, I mean, it takes a lot of that. It takes a lot of repetition in in calling those things out and getting people to, to see. But even like you still, you have to have people who care enough in order to mm-hmm. expect them to pick up on those things. Because otherwise it's just like going in one ear and out the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're like, cool story. Uh, yeah. go back for <laughs> so I actually have um, my last quote here at the bottom of the quotes that I started is from Danny Meyer from Setting the Table. and it, it It's that, what you're talking about, it says, I've managed by example, and i had yet to learn how critically important it is to lead by teaching, setting priorities, and holding people accountable. Mm, it's so good. And that... It's just something that get, that that book is just so good. I picked it back up today and started going through and looking at all the places that I had highlighted before and I want to sit down and reread it along with um Howard Schultz's book, but I've got I've got time for that now. So maybe I'll do that instead of watching 7 hours of Dexter.
0: <laughs> I have yet to read Probably not. I have yet to read Howard Schultz's book onward. Yeah, what? I never did. I had the I had the partner edition and I have no idea where that is now.
1: Oh my it's gosh. Somewhere. Well I've moved I've moved you can borrow my times
0: to keep track of books. Uh,
1: I'm not a reader. Yeah. There's very few books that I've like really read, but I, I do remember reading onward while I was working for Starbucks because I wanted to know more about Howard Mm -hmm. Schultz, the founder and no longer CEO, but uh, it's a really good book. I highly recommend, but I, I more recommend for everyone out there um, setting the table. If you have not read that, you should pick it up. It's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, It is a fantastic book. Um, I went through it. I'm also not a big reader, um, just due to the fact that I tend to fall asleep if I start to read. Um, so it's hard for me to get into a book, first of all. So I pick all my stuff up on audiobook. Um, so I went through Setting the Table on audiobook. And it's actually read by Danny Meyer, which is cool. Because um, there's a lot of... Oh, nice. He, he talks about, you know, growing up and kind of the stories behind why he does things a certain way. Um, and he has lived in europe um and so there's there's many french words that i would have no idea what they were <laughs> if danny meyer wasn't moving <laughs> to yeah uh, so that was awesome um well cool so what would be so we ha- i mean we have a list of upcoming topics just to kind of um entice some listeners into this this series that will hopefully be a long run Um, what instead of just reading through the topic list what what is like your mo your the one topic you're most excited to get to I guess
1: Ooh, that's a good question because I'm kind of excited about all of them but here's the thing like I love
0: training Mm -hmm. people
1: like that has always been my favorite thing to do in any job and so all of this is kind of like training for me (laughs) is getting to share things that I've picked up here and there that I've learned from other people and talk about managers I've been influenced by and peers I've been influenced by and mistakes and just all of it. But I think really um, being able to dive into why you should not look at your service industry job as kind of like a low level job Mm -hmm. and how the things about it that will better prepare you for whatever career that you decide to pursue and whatever industry you decide to be in because there's so many foundational things you can learn from working in food service and hospitality and things like that that are just really invaluable
0: yeah absolutely um and i honestly i don't it's not even something we've really talked about with this being essentially just us getting to speak to the things that we really enjoy training on um because i too love training people it's so much fun and i mean the one topic i picked up from this list that i am really excited about is developing yourself to get the job you want Cause those are the most fun conversations for me with people who I know have potential or have expressed a desire to like move up. Um, and it, I mean, it's been from my previous job and my current job, just like getting to sit down with those people one-on-one and really get into like what skills they feel like they have right now, what skills they feel like they want to have And um, just like basically anything that's on their mind related to it and then getting to build out a plan with them to say like, hey, here's here's the things I agree with about what you just said. Here's the things that I haven't maybe seen, um, but would love to see more of. And then also giving them like actionable steps and like, okay, like next time we sit down, we can talk about how you've improved in these areas. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, it's, it's so much fun. And I know like, I'm sure, well, I may be wrong about this. I mean, we may have the exact same training style and methods, um, but that'll be interesting to kind of go back and forth on. Cause I know whenever I train people, uh, I go off the rails with like the training plan that's in front of me and it's like, I'll use it as a, like a basic outline and uh, but I get so much oh, yeah, more content sure. that is in those things. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, and for it, sure. yeah.
0: Like I'll see, I'll see people training. I'll see other trainers who don't do that, and they just stick to the material and basically read it word for word, and then they're like, "Okay, we're done." I'm like, "No, you've left out a whole <laughs> like, but hour, but they haven't
1: learned anything." Um,
0: so yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm super pumped to uh, continue doing these episodes and get into this. Um, if there are any other, um, or if there are questions or topics that people have, we'll make sure that there is um, in the next episode definitely some sort of maybe an email address. Or I think there's actually through the podcasting tools we're using, I think there is something that's built in that we can send out a link to, which is cool. Um, so we'll play around with that and figure out how questions can get to us or recommendations for topics. Um, we're really not wanting to limit this to one specific theme. If we don't have to, well, I mean, we'll kind of keep it within um, a certain structure that we've talked about. But I mean, if it evolves into something different because of the questions that are being asked, so be it. Um, Do you, do you have any final thoughts?
1: No, I mean, I'm excited. I think that we uh, strayed a little bit from <laughs> the initial structure of what this first one was supposed mm-hmm, to be, mm-hmm. but I think um, that's bound to happen. It's probably going to happen some more, um, but that's exciting because you uh, come up with some good content that way and just good ideas. So. I'm excited to finally be doing this. We've talked about this, no joke, for years yeah. on and off and just never seemed to be able to find the time Which to do it. Which is dumb because um, I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, neither of us really do. So there was definitely time. We just, um, we worked opposite schedules that's for accurate. a while, so that's been difficult. Um, but yeah, here we are now. I have all the time in the world. So we can finally do this. I'm excited. It's
0: going to be great. Well, thank you, everybody who has um, decided to check out this podcast. And we hope that you will mention it to all of your friends, post it to all the social medias. And we will talk to you, not see you, in the next episode.
1: TikTok about it, you know? All right. I don't even really know what TikTok (laughs) is. (laughs)
0: Okay, uh, bye. (laughs) Outros are weird.